Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Knicks Podcast. A podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA. I am Jason Talbot. And with me, of course, the one, the only, Marcus Chin Kui. Marcus, how the hell are you? That's a good intro. You know, you feel, Thanks, you feel refreshed. Yeah. I'm feeling a little peppy today. Yeah, you're I'm feeling not gonna good. Lie. I'm Even fe- after a uh, pretty pretty rough loss, to say the least. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, actually, a uh, bit of cloudy day today, a little gloomy. It's Halloween, so you know, it's, it's fitting out there. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody out there. For those who practice. <laughs> I got two <laughs> bags full of candy sitting in front of me right now. What kind of candy are we talking about here? I got... Uh, a variety pack of Kit Kat, Twizzlers, Hershey's, and Almond Joys. Ooh. And then another one with Milky Ways, Twix, Three Musketeers, and Snickers. D- dude, that's a lot of candy. It's a lot, yeah. You know, I bought one. I went to a party Ooh. over the weekend, and I bought nice. a pack, and I was like, I'm going to be that guy that just walks around a Halloween party with candy in his hands. That doesn't sound like you at all. Marcus. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's just on brand for how I handle a party. Yeah. Very on brand. And I yeah. got into it with people because apparently everyone loves Reese's peanut butter cups. It's the number one candy. I hate them. And you hate them. I'm not really? a big fan. I don't mind the pieces, but you're, you're not a big peanut butter guy. No, I like peanuts, but the chocolate peanut butter combo just doesn't make it for me. Wow. I would say 95% of the population probably disagrees with you. Yeah, I got a lot of, but I just had bags of Reese's Pieces. Yeah. Oh, no, Reese's Cups that I was just handing out because everybody wanted them. So that was a huge hit. You can make a lot of friends that way, uh, but you should maybe keep that to yourself next Halloween because that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. My biggest gripe of the night, though, was, and I think you know this. I'm not sure if we ever actually had this argument. But or you've heard me have this argument with people, is people who say Reese's instead of Reese's. Instead of Reese's. It's and it Reese's. drives me up yeah. the freaking wall. And everyone at this point, I was in Austin, Texas, took a little vacation, hmm. and everybody was saying Reese's. And I'm just like, I don't understand. You guys are just reading words wrong. That's just what's happening. And the people that are the worst are those Boston people. Who say Reese's Pieces? Oh, that's and you're that, just making that's up where... words because it's yeah. Reese's Pieces. It's supposed to rhyme. I'm getting hot again. I gotta, you know, I, <laughs> I was arguing with uh, these people for like yeah. 25 minutes, and they just were like, "I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't hear." So I was like, you know what? Take all the Reese's peanut butter cups and leave me alone. And yeah, I, I don't get, I don't get too bent out of shape about it, just because we are from New York. I'm specifically from Long Island, and. When it comes to pronouncing things incorrectly, I kind of yeah, take the cake on that one. It happens. I've been working on it. You know, I've been living in Detroit a while now, so I get reminded every second about it. So I, you're right. It's Reese's. That's just what it is. Let's say, like, for instance, we say, like, I remember when one of the first conversations we had was because we both said Mario about something. Right. But I, that's the pronunciation thing. It's not the spelling's the same. The spelling's the same, but that's that's wrong. We're saying Mario it. is wrong. Yeah. I've switched over to Mario, and I do slip Mario every now and then. But I, I've made the switch. But uh, if you were to case. say Reese's, it's R E E S E E S. That would be Reese's. 
That's yeah, not it's the not, way it's, it's just that's not what it is. I don't even like, know where it comes from. It's just, I, okay. Yeah. Okay, too it's, hot. It's, it's completely wrong. Yeah, I, anyway. I gave okay. them all away. I don't <laughs> okay. even have them anymore. It's just... That's Halloween. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Marcus. I'm going to get you a little more fired up. Because... The New York Knicks are 1-4 through five games. And I think we were kind of hoping at least 2-3. and three. I'm not happy with 1-4. and four. They could have been 2-3. and three. They could have been 4-1. and one. Yeah. Maybe not. That Boston game they could was have been only, 5-0. Oh. <laughs> only like bad game that they played. Since the last episode, the Knicks, the big Knicks-Nets game, then the Knicks-Celtics, the back-to-back, followed by the big Knicks-Bulls game, which you were at, which the Garden was rocking. Oh, uh, that was game fantastic. was fun to watch. Really fun. I haven't been to a game where there was that kind of energy in the building in years. And I've seen them win once in the last, like, eight years that I've gone to games. But there was some extra juice in the building the other night. Oh, and yeah. I was with friend of the show, Roger You could Roger feel it Fish. watching it on TV. You could feel it. He was, uh, Roger was there with me. And he was just like, this is insane for a team that's been so bad yeah. that this many people show up and show <laughs> out every night. And I'm like, that's... That's Knicks fans, you know? That's what that's we, that's what we that's, do. That is the New York Knicks, in a nutshell. Uh, so so the Knicks, with a really bad loss to the Magic uh, last night, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But as you said, since we've been gone, the Knicks lost to the Nets and the Celtics and then got the nice one against the Bulls. And I think before the Bulls game, the conversation was, are the Knicks ever going to be able to close out games? That was the really big concern. And then they did it against the Bulls, and we thought, okay, here we go. Maybe they're the Knicks are getting over a hump. Closing. You know, they're learning to play with one another. And then they come out Knicks Magic in Orlando, and it was just an ugly game. It was it was gross. It wasn't fun to watch. Even Breen was like, yes. they scored 44 points in the first half? This is like the 90s again. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Especially in an NBA where... I mean, on the same the, night that the Houston Rockets, Rockets scored 159 points in a game. And it was 159 to 158. That's insane. In regulation. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, the Knicks are one and four. I have quite a few thoughts uh, to say. Uh, do you, Is there anywhere you want to start? I mean, I don't want to harp... Too much on the Knicks Magic game yet. I mean, what, what's your overall takeaway so far after these four games and what you've seen? Like, what, what's your overall feeling about the Knicks and maybe some expectations you have for the rest of the season based on what you've seen so far? I mean, I think, uh, yeah, we don't have to harp on the Magic game, but what we saw in that is almost like a culmination of what had been happening in the previous That's fair. four games. And... I kept saying to you, don't panic. It's early. We're only three, four games in. They got to learn to figure each other out. And you could see that they're, they're starting to do it. Like, it comes in bunches throughout the game. But it's always been that they don't know how to close. And what I think the issue is, you don't have a go-to scorer. Like, you look at all these other teams. You got to have someone that can shoot the ball, that can get you a bucket when you need it. And we don't have that. And it's becoming more and more apparent every game that we just don't have 
a go-to scorer. And when you don't have that, you got to move the ball and just get a good shot. And they just, I don't know what it is. Is it bad coaching? Is it that the the uh, the guys just don't trust each other? One guy wants to be the hero. It's yeah. it's confusing, baffling, upsetting. That's what that's, I mean. That's what I'm. So saying. you, I mean, you nailed it. You're absolutely right. The biggest thing we were talking about was closing. How can this team close? And the Knicks Nets game was the perfect example of this team just doesn't know what to do at the end of the game where they came back, they were playing so great, and then the last four minutes, it was gross. It was absolutely gross. And then they still had a chance to win. They have the ball, and the play was Julius Randle gets the ball at the top of the key and then puts his head down, dribbles full speed at the rim with a weird spin move and dribbles off his leg. And we're seeing a lot of that out of Randle, which is another thing that is driving me nuts. But... So we're freaking out. We're freaking out. Okay. Like, are the Knicks going to be able to figure this out? Knicks Celtics game, kind of a little bit of the same thing. They started out well. And then second half, it just went off the rails and Celtics showed you, you know, you got a Kemba that could just get your buckets when you need it. And then everyone else falls into place and we just disappeared. We weren't even trying, not closing out. And, and, then you get to the Bulls game and it's like, okay, now they're doing all the things they're supposed to. And like, they were down all game. You have to credit Bobby Portis, who has been playing great. I thought he actually even played well in the Magic game. Uh, he was the reason the Knicks won. But another reason the Knicks won was down the stretch. Julius Randle did the thing that we would been wanting him to do all up to this point. And he was getting the ball down low and he was getting like triple teamed. And he passed the ball. Oh my God, you don't have the shot. What a concept. You don't have to be the guy. And like you just said, because we don't have that go-to guy that's going to just make his own shot and that you have that faith who's going to win the game for you, move the ball around. Give it to the open man. We've been talking all year about the biggest positive of this Knicks team is depth. So use that depth. Who's got the hot hand? Draw up a play. Make it happen. Move the ball around. Get an open shot. That's the best you can do with this team. And they showcase that against the Bulls. I think the I think the Garden crowd helped them a little bit too. But you hope that was a confidence booster for the Knicks in the future. And I still think it can be. Because that Knicks Magic game, Alfred Payton was out. Dennis Smith was out. You didn't really have uh, a point guard at all besides Frank. Which I want to talk about a lot more a little later. But also, I think that and, was... Part of the issue last night, too, was there's no facilitator. There's no one out there to organize oh. the team. And that's what that's what doomed them in the end. Is because, like, Clyde was like, why? They're just going east and west. You know, nobody's driving to the basket. Nobody's drawing other players off. And they're starting 30 feet out and trying to make a play from there. And it's like, what are you doing? They're just holding the ball. All they, of a sudden, there's no... five seconds left of the clock. And you got to chuck it up. And their last, like... 10, 11 possessions, brick, 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 one make, and then missed all the rest of their shots. Yeah. And when we talk about what are we learning about this team, that is something I'm learning about the New York Knicks is that they don't really have a ball facilitator other than Alfred Payton, who we've already decided on the last cast, he should be the starting point guard 
for the whole season because he is a true guard and a guy who can facilitate the offense. The only other player on this team that can do that and he needs to grow and get better at it is Frank Nielakina. And say what you will. I want to hear what you think about Frank because he didn't play at all the first three games. The Knicks fans wanted him. He plays against the Bulls. The offense was not good. He didn't score any points. But his defense outweighs his poor play on offense any day of the week. He is so great on defense, and the team plays better when he is out there. And it's just that's just how it is. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Okay. Because I'm really loving Frank these last two games. So I will, with I will say this the, about Frank. Without having the other point guards in Orlando. I'll say this about Frank. I'll give him kudos on his defense. Yes. That's all That's all you can really... That's all he deserves. That's all you can give him kudos for is he plays fantastic defense. His defense is looking great. I'll give him that. Consistently. But on the flip side, it's like you got to be able to turn that defense into offense. That's what good he defense need- does. And he sure. can't run the floor. Like, he's picking off passes and stuff. When he's in the open floor, he doesn't know what to do. And it's like he can't drive to the basket. But then if he makes the pass, he makes it too late. Or if he tries to take a shot, he can't hit it. It's, it's frustrating because he does so much on the defensive end. And I wouldn't say it's even all him. They're all really slow. That's what I'm noticing. On the fa- like, when they get turnovers, oh, the team... The team yeah, can't run full speed up the floor and like get an easy bucket, you know. And it's it's bizarre to like watch, you know, these other teams that as soon as they get a pick, they're running and they're going. And these guys, you got a bunch of threes and fours out there, and they're kind of slow. And you got like a bunch of the same player out there running, and none of them run that fast. So you have no fast break. So in in essence, like even if he's trying to run the fast break, no one's keeping up with him, and it's it's hard to. It's I don't know. It's a weird thing, and I don't know how the, they can't really change that because they don't have any other guys that are quick. I mean, Trier is probably the best at doing that, and when Dennis Smith comes back, he's good at doing that too. But you gotta you gotta play it or figure out how to get these guys to run the fast break. And that is what is so frustrating. They miss so many easy buckets on those turnovers. And I, you know, it's another thing. Okay. Another thing that bugs me. Well, I'm getting yeah. hot now that they miss so many shots around the rim. And it's like, they are like, they yeah. see the basket and it's like just clank so many opportunities in the, in the Nets game, in the Bulls game, even. And then last night, Clyde is shocked. Breen doesn't know what's going on. It's like they missed so many layups. Like you guys are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, it's not that hard to just reach your arm in the air and put it in the basket. You could dunk the ball if you want to. But they're all trying to be fancy and hit the put a little English on the ball and get a layup and miss. And it's like even... even uh, You sound frustrated, Marcus. Even uh, Mitchell Robinson. You're seven feet tall. You don't even really have to jump. But just dunk the ball. <laughs> Why are you trying to lay it up? There's no one in front of you. Like, what are you doing? And that's so many missed opportunities, so many points we don't get. And uh, 
you know, I've worked myself into a frenzy here. I, I man, I hear you and I share your frustration. And I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak my mind a little bit Please. right now. I am extremely frustrated with David Fisdale. And I think everything you're saying comes back to him. Because the first three games, Frank doesn't play. And you know that made me angry. You got to get this guy in there. So then he puts him in. And he does well. The Knicks get their first win. I mean, did, you, had a watch, good game. Even, did you watch even the Celtics was, game? End up watching it? The Celtics game? Yeah, I watched some of it. Yeah, I mean, when the crowd was cheering for they, yeah. the We Want Frank chants came out. Well, Dennis Smith. And it, looked like trash and so we know so he here's had the personal thing. issues going on but he didn't look good up there this comes to my bigger point of why i'm upset with fizdale is because i don't believe and he did this last year let's not forget like everything that happened with ennis Cantor and the rotations that we were getting a little frustrated with i mean it was a losing team so you're just like okay he wants to get people in there we weren't trying to win so you kind of lost track of it but it's the beginning of the season now so we're all watching and we're trying to get some wins Trier was the starting point guard out of nowhere, game one. And Fizdale had his reasons, blah, 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 blah. It was a terrible idea, and it failed. So then what does he do? He changes it up, and we learn Alfred Payton should be the starter. Okay, great. Just because Alonzo Trier was bad at point guard that first game, all of a sudden against the Magic, he doesn't play any minutes. And exactly the point that you just made, that the Knicks starting lineup is slow as hell. You got RJ, Marcus Morris, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle. They all are not fast guys. They're very slow. RJ Barrett has been great. I love what he's doing, but he's not fast. He doesn't run up and down the court that well. You need to get some speed in there. And then he's starting Wayne Ellington at point guard. Why is this guy getting so many minutes? This guy played 19 minutes. And I'm sorry, I'm looking at the plus minus. Minus 17. He had two points. Frank Nielakina with with Peyton and DSJ out. Give Frank the start. He can play defense. He's played point guard before. He has had his struggles, yes. But he he looks so much better off the bench. And I'm glad at least that Frank got more minutes throughout that game. But Fizz, you gotta work on your adjustments, dude, and with your who you're playing. Put in Knox for Morris. How is Trier not getting any playing time, man? It it makes it just makes no sense. I don't understand the thinking here. And like Bobby Portis has been playing really well. And Taj Gibson still getting nine minutes. I, I'm sorry. Like Taj Gibson, I'd rather see Iggy out there. You could put in Portis, put in Iggy at the four, even go with a small lineup. Like I, I don't need to see Taj in there with his undershirt trying to play basketball. Um, there's just a lot of coaching things. I'm seeing guys out there gassed. Maybe getting too many minutes. Marcus Morris is driving me nuts. Like, I just always, it's easy to say, oh, you're watching the game. And like, oh, take this guy out. This guy should go in. As a fan, when your team's losing, you want to say all this stuff. But am I wrong? Or or is it just extremely frustrating with this depth? And he only played a 10-man rotation. Like, come on, we're talking about depth here. If a guy isn't doing it out on the court, get him out of there. And I think you're, I mean, you're not wrong at all. And after the, especially after the Celtics game, people were calling for Fizdale's job. Like, they were already saying, like, what is he doing? You know, like, nobody, 
understands really like why is he making some of these decisions and even last night like you're trying to make you're trying to hold the lead you get you get the lead with like i think it was like seven eight minutes left rj barrett doesn't come back into the game until like four minutes left in the game you had kevin knox was out there he's one of those guys i feel like now you gotta just he's good for uh, a couple threes but yeah. I would keep him out. Like Marcus Morris comes back in, like no, like I would have kept Knox out there. Why is Mitchell Robinson not in the game? They're getting to the basket with ease against us. Yeah. That no one's blocking out. You have a guy who can grab rebounds or at least like tip the ball away. We gave up, I think it was five, six points off yeah. offensive rebounds, off stuff that should have been turnovers. That we got the blocks and. The Magic get the ball back and get an easy bucket. Because nobody's blocking out. Nobody's covering their man. And it's like, you got to see the game. You got to understand what's going on. And not play to play. And we say this all the time. The Knicks look like they play not to lose instead not of to playing lose. to win. And yeah. it drives people crazy. Because you just, you see what happened, you know, to get the lead. You know, like the bench, the bench played pretty the bench. well. The bench played great. And Frank... The bench was the way better team. Frank running all game. along with that second unit, I actually don't mind that. Like, you don't have to start him. Although, for this particular game... In you, this situation... Think, one, their starting point guard was his teammate in France. He knows how to play this guy. Why would you not have him guarding him? You put him up against the guy he knows. He right. understands his game. You can take him out of the game. You got to use those types of strategies when you're setting up a lineup, when you have this guy that can come in there and play. Yeah, and how are you letting Wayne Ellington run your offense as a starter? And I think it was more I, I, like RJ essentially was playing the point guard because Wayne which Ellington is also just a huge runs mistake. and catches and shoots. And RJ, love him. Love everything about this kid. I got no complaints about him, but he is not a point guard. No, he's not. And he, he he's... He's got to play with another ball handler. Yeah, he plays off we, the ball. He, that pressure should not be him. He can make passes, don't get me wrong, but he should not be the one running the offense. And then, when it's not him, it's Julius Randle running the offense. Like, he's yeah, setting which, up the offense. And I don't right. understand why that keeps happening. Like, it was every play down. Like, they just give him the ball at half court and let him set up. But then he's not doing anything. This is um this is the other thing. I'm glad you brought up Randall cuz this is the other question I have for you. Why is it that they never run just a simple pick and roll with Julius Randall and where he can fade out and hit a jumper? Remember the days with Kurt Thomas? Oh, that baby jumper. And even and even with Ooh, David Lee, where it was just the simplest our power forwards it would be a nice pick and roll with the point guard with Amari. I mean, the Knicks, this is the only play that has worked for the Knicks over the last 20 years. And it is the pick and roll, the pick and pop, either roll to the basket or fade out and hit those, those little jumpers on the sideline. All day, I could watch Kurt Thomas hit those jumpers all day. Love that. I think he still holds the record for most consecutive baskets. Cause that's what he was hitting 15 yeah. foot, 10, 15 it's, foot jumpers. The pick and roll is the easiest play to run in basketball. And, and, Julius Randle, it's the perfect play for him. He's a big dude, where and he can move, and he can roll to the basket. I'm sick and tired of watching Julius Randle dribbling 
from beyond the arc and trying to make moves inside. They don't even, they rarely even feed him in the post just for an easy post play. If you just run him in the post and pick and rolls all game, that's all you got to do. And that's, again, my biggest thing with Fizdale is, coach, you got to use these players in situations that they are going to succeed. And that's what is getting me so frustrated with the Knicks is that there are times where you see the ball moving, everyone's doing what they're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden the game gets close or they get a lead. And it's like, okay, let's slow down. Let's stop moving. We start playing. We miss miscommunications on defense. Um, we have a lead. Why is Mitch Robinson in the game? Oh, even when you were saying in the Magic game, I'm like, where is Mitch Robinson? Why isn't this guy in? Oh, he's probably in foul trouble. That's probably why. Guy's got one foul. The one game, he's not fouling people. He's actually having a really great game. And, and he's not in there. It, it, it just, it, are we trying to lose? Is that what this is? I mean, I, am I going to go, should I be this angry? Should I be this animated about Fizz? Am I being too hard? Like, I, I think a young team like this, they need good coaching more than anything because that's, what's going to get this team to win. Our, the Knicks talent alone is not going to get them some wins. And when we play teams like the magic or the nets, when you have the game one, I mean, you had the game. It was yours to lose. The Knicks have lost all four of these games. Even the Spurs game, game one. They had it won. Like when you're up with four minutes left in a game, you shouldn't lose. I mean, I get it. No. It's the NBA. Anything can happen. But they had, like, the Nets game is like the prime example of just everything went right and then went really wrong. Granted, Kyrie hits a crazy shot, you know, and. That's what he does. But yeah, what but plays are you drawing up out of nothing. that timeout to get a bucket? You know, like Julius Randle losing it off his leg. Like that was he he does that all the time. And Breen last night, so what you were just saying is like the pick and roll is the easiest play to run in basketball. It's unguardable most of the time. And the magic kept doing that. And it, it didn't really occur to me until he said it was like the Knicks don't do that. Don't like do they that, never, never do. And it's like, why wouldn't you, even if it was with like a Mitch and RJ or, you know, RJ and Julius Randle, you know, like Randall, either of them I, could get to the basket or can hit that little jump, little jumper. Go back and watch the magic game. Tell me how many times Randall just had a nice open jumper from 15 feet. That's a shot that he can hit. And if you run a pick and roll down there, you could have that shot all day. And instead, it's always this constant dribble, weird. It, it just. Ah, I, I'm fired up, Marcus. <laughs> Ooh. I think I need to chill, man. You know who else needs to chill? You know who else needs to chill? We're going to do a little segment here. All right, everyone. Chill. Some people in the Knicks need to chill out. Would you agree? 100%. And I saw it coming. Saw it getting frosty in preseason. And it's carried over it into this. You want you want to start you want to start it up? Who do you who do who would you say on this Knicks team? Cuz I I got a few people on the list, but for me I got one guy in particular. Who is your one New York Knicks member? I would say other than James Dolan. <laughs> Let's not forget about James. <laughs> But who who do you think? 
I I mean, I started on him just now, and I think I've been feeling it for every game pretty much is Julius Randle needs to chill, chill out. I'm going to watch my language, but I'll say he needs to chill out because it was like, you're not a ball handler. Yes, you can make, and, and like you said, we saw in the, in the uh, Bulls game that he was making those passes out of the double teams. But also, it's like, I think he needs to just figure out when to do it and when not to do it because you saw it in the Magic game. He passed away, he passed out of, not even double teams. He was just under the basket, and he made the pass when he had a wide open layup. If he then, were to just yeah. look to the basket, and yeah. I don't understand like why is he choosing? Like I get it. He's like, oh, I want to. You know, they're probably telling him pass out of the double teams, or if you're down low, look, kick it out to the open shooter. But if you have a wide open bucket, why are you doing it? You're right in front of the basket. Nobody's gonna block your shot. Just put it up, and you got an easy two points. But you then, need to be aware of when you're being double teamed. It's not just like you're not always going to be double teamed when you're down there. Like, be aware of what's yeah. happening around you. And then Pick when he up. does it, and then when he's getting the ball 25 feet out and starts dribbling down, it's like, yeah, you're a tall guy. Don't bend down like you're 6'2 and try to put the ball between your legs. And Because that's as soon as he does that, dribbles it off his foot. Or somebody sticks their hand in there, turns the ball over. And... Like they didn't have a lot of turnovers last night, but the turnovers all happened at the worst possible times, and it's all the same types of plays that they keep happening on. And it's like you gotta stop doing that. Like, why are you dribbling into traffic? You are not a point guard, and you should just be catching it down there, putting up a little lefty hook shot or a little fadeaway jump. Like he was hitting those little fadeaway ten footers, easy. Like, yeah. that's a shot that he can make. And for whatever reason, he thinks he's got to put the ball between his legs when you're five feet away from the basket. And you're just asking for trouble when you're doing that. And I don't know if it's the coaching or what, or if he just has it in his head. And he's like, yo, I, you know, I can do this. I got these skills. I can make these moves. And like, no, you can't. You keep messing it up. And we're just giving away points whenever you do that. And you need to stop. You need to chill, Jay. Like, just stop doing that like it's driving everybody crazy like just just chill man you gotta chill i really i really thought after the uh the previous game against the bulls that it, that was a big moment for randall and i have to say watching the magic game he put up some decent numbers yeah, he actually played good numbers it's he just... played pretty well but you saw I, don't, I almost think we need another word for flashes because we saw flashes of like the old Randall, but it's bad flashes. These are bad flashes. We don't. We want good. Some Frank flashes. <laughs> yeah, there's good and bad flashes, and you know, almost like a Clyde rhyme. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to think about that one. I'll tell you who needs to chill out. I mean, Fizz, he does need to chill out, but he just he's got a, he's got a coach. He doesn't even to chill. He's got to do the opposite of chilling. He's got to get his mind right, get focused. But there's someone who just, dude, this dude needs to chill so bad. And that's Marcus Morris. I know he's a fellow Marcus. Yeah, the namesake. He's not, he's not helping us out there. He, the technicals, 
the just overall kind of attitude. I I said this at the beginning, man. I want I want to see this guy be a leader, and I'm not seeing that. The numbers are are really annoying me. These shots, he takes a lot of bad shots throughout the game. I I I, I hate the the ball stopping. Uh, I think he's getting a little emo- too emotional. I mean, even before the season, he's talking about, oh, our house, we're not going to be disrespected. Dude, you're one and four, and the way you're losing, you're getting disrespected. And and you're getting pushed around offensively. I mean, you look like a joke. I Right now, to me, R.J. Barrett is the leader on this team. Yep, 100% agree. And he's 19 years old. And I think that's amazing. And that's why I love RJ and I love what he's doing. And it's it's kind of sad that a guy like Morris and and Randall can't really take that over. I think and I don't know if it's just putting too much pressure on themselves, but yeah, Randall's another guy who needs to chill out. I agree with that I can't completely. Take this shit no more. But Morris, you need to chill. And you know what I'd even love to see? When he's out there, kind of telling Fizz, take me out, get Knox in there. Like be a be a leader. Show that you want these young guys to succeed. And that's the role you want to have in New York. Because your game itself, you're not going to be here in New York for a long time. This is probably the only year. If it was up to me, and I kind of hope the Knicks do this, I hope the Knicks trade them. We talked a little bit on the side about that, that Marcus Morris can be a very good trading piece later in the season to a playoff contending team. So... Enough with the technicals. It's fine to be emotional and to get, you know, I mean, it was hilarious in preseason when you bounced the ball off that dude's head. (laughs) I mean, that was awesome. (laughs) I like that stuff. But now, Knicks are 1-4. You're 0-3 on the road. Just, I want to see the fight out there, man. All that stuff you were talking about. You guys look gassed at the end of games. You look like you're playing like you're not, like you don't want to lose. Like you said, don't play to win. And that's the thing. Show like me they're something. They're showing it. Like, they're in these games. Like, they're not being, like, blown off the court. Like, Boston was the only time they were really, like, legitimately blown off the court. And yeah, they're, they're in good. all of these games. And he just, like, I, I agree he's got to chill. Like, he's the reason why the ball stops moving at the end of the yeah. games. Like, he's got it in his head, too, that he's got to be the guy to take the shot. Because they know that there's no one really on the team that is the go-to scorer in crunch time, he's like, oh, maybe it'll be me. I like, know. No, it's not It's not you. It's not man. you. It's, it's, we gotta, Julius, it's not gotta you win either, with, man. It's like. <laughs> and this is why we're putting so much pressure, pressure on Fizz, and I like Fizz, and we, we like what he's about, players, coach, this and that, but it gets to a point where you gotta coach these kids, and you gotta, you, you gotta be, maybe that's what it needs to be. You know, like we, we, we've been talking about how we want Randall to be the leader of Morris. Or now we're seeing like RJ is kind of the leader, but maybe it needs to be the coach of this team. Maybe Fizz has got to step in and just really, which I have no faith in, to be honest, I mean, because of what I'm just seeing with his inconsistent playing time. He looks, um, you know, exasperated on the sidelines. Like maybe he told I don't him like to his do body language, and they just didn't do it. And it's frustrating him, but. I don't even know that he's telling them the right things to do. Like, you're seeing the plays develop and they just don't go anywhere. Or they're just ignoring him, which is an even bigger problem Yeah, when the players don't li- want to listen to you. I don't... I think we got to see a few more games to try to figure out what is actually going on. Because this is what happens. When teams start losing, you start pointing fingers. You want to figure out the problem. That's just... that. 
that's the nature of it. that's going to happen. I think the Knicks Magic game, when I saw that uh, Peyton and DSJ were both out, I, there was no chance the Knicks were going to win this game. I didn't really expect much. They had a good defensive effort. It was just an ugly game. And I, I would actually say this Magic game was kind of an off night. Everyone just seemed a little off. The bench uh, played, I thought, really well. I mean, we talked about it. I, I kind of would have wished that Fizz would have let the bench get more minutes and play down the stretch. A little bit more. You know what Mitch I'm thinking, played. actually? Iggy should have played. Trier, I just, I don't, you, your team put up 83 points. Trier sitting on the bench. Brezdakis, maybe a couple minutes. The preseason phenom dropping buckets like it's nothing in preseason. You need some points. You know what? You know what I'm thinking now is you hear a lot, or we heard a lot in preseason that you know they worked on they worked a lot on their defense. They wanted to have the defense looking good, and to their credit, their defense does look a lot better. Like they, that's yeah. how they get back into these games is they lock down on D, and they are actually a pretty decent defensive team. Yep. But they said it in, in the training camp. They didn't really work on offense. Yep. And it seems to me like they just haven't done that. And it's showing out here that they really have no offensive scheme to go to. And when you have yeah. no point guard, that even like a vet point guard who at least understands the game, that could do it on the fly. And Peyton kind of he is that for them, but yeah. he's not out there. It's I feel like they just haven't worked on offense at all. And now's not the time to do it. Like you had well, training camp and preseason to work on that stuff. And now you're going to try to figure it out in the middle of the season. Like, no, that's not. Yeah. You, I got your defense looks I, good, but you can't turn it into anything. And I'll tell you what, coach Fizz, we're going to go in the Talbot coach's corner for a second. I got three plays for you. The very easy, a pick and roll, even an ISO for RJ. Cause that guy is unstoppable by himself. And a post up for Randall, three plays. That's it. Try try running those three plays. Any one of those three plays. The pick and roll. You can't run a pick and roll. Whew. They give you a, a, a little coach boom. Sorry for yelling, guys. Just like Novocaine. Give it time. It always works. It always works. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. I mean, a former coach of the the Knicks, Day and Tony. Guys, like okay, he's who's he got Harden now. Okay, yeah. The play is everybody get out of the way and let James Harden shoot threes. And it worked. Like, it's working. Okay. Try it out. Still works. Hey, let's drop 159 <laughs> points. Nick scored 83. Almost half that. And the fact okay. that they only gave up 95 points, that's a game you should win. And when you're only giving up 95 yeah, in today's course. NBA, but you can't score over 90 points in a game, like, and that's. And I'm sorry, too, when you can't score and you only put up 44 points at half. Maybe you think I should get Trier in there in the second half. That's what's driving me crazy. It's like you want you're, one you're guy. You're arguably your best scorer, the guy who can create for himself. The only guy that can create a bucket for himself is sitting and, on the bench. And two of your point guards are out. And a guy, game one, you're telling everybody that he's going to start a point guard. Maybe this would be a game that he should play. It's just I, I I don't know I don't know what the thinking is. Okay, listen. I'm gonna calm down here. It's Halloween. Doing a lot of yelling. Want some candy? Let me ask you one more question because it is Halloween. As a Knicks fan, what is 
the scariest thing about the Knicks right now? And it could be anything. It could be an immediate thing, long-term, short-term. What scares you the most about the Knicks on this wonderful holiday of Halloween? Uh, what There's should I choose? I'm, I'm, I, got, I, I got about 100 I things. Think of. I mean... You know, you know what would that I was thinking about it the other day is that they never figure it out and Fizdale gets fired too soon and everything has to start all over again. And that's just like, like we started this rebuild already and the Knicks go through coaches like, like, like candy. So it's, if they had to do that again, and then just start rebuilding all over again. It's like, ugh, it just—it feels like something that could happen. It makes me nervous. I got a little butterflies in my stomach thinking about it. But also, what, I got one more, and you may—you you, you may take it. I don't know. My biggest fear. This is probably an even bigger fear. Is that R.J. Barrett's unhappy, <laughs> and that I, and that he leaves too soon. Yeah. That is, uh, I'll tell you, you, your fear is the same as mine. I, I have the same exact answer. And it comes back to your first one about the Fisdale firing. Because as much as I'm, I'm, I'm bashing Fisdale right now and I'm very upset with him, I want him to get it right because you just made the point. If Fisdale doesn't get this right and he gets fired, it's, it's the then what? Because now, okay, is it more about Perry? And those guys is what's going to be consistent. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, do you bring in a new coach? Then players start getting unhappy. Because we've already got guys who are on one-year contracts are going to be in and out. It's going to be this constant revolving door of players, of coaches, of GMs. And there's one man who still lays at the top that doesn't change through all of this the last 20 years. And I've said this before. And I had a moment this summer talking to an old friend, been a Nick fan since the seventies, friend of my father's friend of my parents. He stopped watching Nick games back in 2000, early two thousands because of James Dolan. And he said, I am never watching a Nick game again until James Dolan is gone because nothing is going to change with this Knicks organization until the guy on top leaves. And every time we think, Oh, D Dolan, he's not, He's not messing with the team anymore. He's not messing with the team anymore. That's kind of been true the last like year or so. That's pretty much about it. But the first domino, I think you're right, could be a Fizdale firing. And then it's just like, oh God, now what? Who's the, oh no, this next coach, he'll keep everyone cool. And then it's not so cool. Then RJ Barrett's like, maybe he even stays, but then, but then what about everybody else? Like, we kind of thought when Porzingis came, that was going to save the franchise. This is the player that will keep everyone's job and will start winning games. But then he left. That's the, like Now RJ's here and we're kind of hoping that, okay, we'll get a pick next year. Maybe we can start building this team. But if the outcries are starting, start coming for fire and fizz, it, it, I feel like that could be the first domino. And the thing is, like, he so, says all the right stuff when he's in the interviews. But, like, yeah, that's just talk. Like, when we have to see you actually execute, 
out there during a game, we're not seeing it. And you gotta wonder, like, how much longer does he have? Like, I want to. I also, I like, I don't want to see him go because I don't want to see that constant revolving door keep happening. Like, let him figure it out. And we don't know what he's capable of. Like that Memphis team, they were already put together when he got there. So it's not like he had to build a team. And he had that, like, they played good defense. Maybe he needs to be, like, you know, uh, a Woodson type, where you're just the defensive coordinator uh, of a team and bring in a guy who actually knows how to coach. And even with Woodson, he knew what he was doing. Like, he he utilized who he had. I always felt with Woodson, though, that team got to where it got because of its talent. Its talent got, got themselves there. It wasn't – I don't think Woodson was coaching up that team that much. Like you said, he was like a defensive guy, and they needed that, and that helped. But when it came to offense, I mean, you you actually had a pretty talented team. Yeah, uh, and that's I why he should be – and that's why he's not yeah. a head coach now. He's yeah. still an assistant. This, this team, you can't get away with that. You need you need a guy who's coaching these players. Um, and, of course, it's, it's like harder with younger guys. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen. Everyone thinks that they know everything. Yeah. And – like, oh, we need some vets in there. So you got a couple, but they're not even like real vets. Like, yeah, Wade Ellington's been around for 10 years, but yeah. he's been on nine teams. Julius is only, what, 24. Uh, Marcus Morris, Taj Gibson, like, they're not the types of guys. They won't that be here next year. Are going to, you know, they, they have to fall in line first. Yeah. And they're not. And I just don't want to see, we see the, the talent that RJ Barrett has, don't want to see it go to waste. Yeah, that's a, that's a fear is that we blow like we blow the shot with him and he ends up leaving after his rookie contract is done and then we're back he to square one. Like we got yeah. a Again, we got the favorite we, for rookie of the year here. Yeah. And he needs to, you know, he's he tries some things here but he gets the we haven't even really talked about how well he's played in all of these games. You know, like he's yeah, put today, numbers. Today up. we definitely focused on more of the negatives, but yeah, like he is the if, low if there's bright one spot. bright spot. I, I love this guy RJ. I want him to work on his free throw shooting for sure. I think that's the one area that, and his shooting will get better. The three point shot, this and that, but it's the way in which he plays. He just he makes some mistakes here and there for sure. He's he's a rookie. He's not perfect, but I love. I love the aggressiveness. I love the little flashes of greatness. I I love watching this guy play basketball. Yeah, like he gets to the rim with ease. Yeah. He's the only guy like he can he sees the lane open, he he doesn't hold it for too long. He's kind of got like that stat mentality. Where you yeah. just catch and go, you know, like don't think about it, you just make a move. And it's just you know, I I almost picked up a jersey. I thought about it when I was there. <laughs> But I was like, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it yet. Maybe I'll get a funny yeah. T-shirt or something, but won't give. A well, let's yet. wait. Yeah, let's wait a little bit. But uh, so, so in a nutshell, I think we can agree on we're a little frustrated with the Knicks. We're frustrated with Fizdale the most. I think he takes on the most responsibility with Randall and Morris. Um, and we just want to see these rotations better and and that offense. You got. Let's run some plays and the rota- rotations, offense, all those things. Like this team is not the greatest, but there's enough pieces there that they can win some games. And even more importantly, we I think even more than W's, we just want to see 
the execution and the effort and being put in a position to win, even if they don't win. Watching Randall dribble off his leg, uh, watching a scorer like Trier sit on the bench all game, watching a team that's struggling on defense and Frank is sitting on the bench all game. It's things like that where you're, you're just like, we can be in a better position game by game. And you that's see, all you like, see. They, they are putting themselves in the positions to win. It's just they go brain dead as soon as they're in that position. Yeah, I stay in that position. I mean, I mean by like when the clock is ticking to zero, those last couple seconds, the breakdowns, the last four minutes, the even, oh, the way they opened up uh, the third quarter even of the magic game. I was like, Oh yeah. Like these just mental breakdowns and teams just take advantage of it. And it's too easy. As Morris said, man, this is New York. We're not going to get pushed around. I want to see that man. Like you can't say that. And then have the Celtics laughing and giggling, calling for taco, like, you know, just embarrassing you on your home floor and saying that you want to protect yeah. the garden. I can't take this shit. No All more. right. So here we go. The when is the Knicks next game? I think we got a Friday they play night Friday Knicks night Knicks against Celtics, the Celtics right? in Boston. Okay, I will be watching that one. And we got Sacramento yeah. on Sunday, so a winnable game. Yeah, let's let's get some wins here, New York. We need it. the The Celtics game, I'm not feeling very good about. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing, man. The NBA is really good. It's they're really good team. So that's the thing with the Knicks. Like we're not expecting much of them this season. So you just want to see flashes. You want to see growth. And we're not, we're not happy with what we're seeing so far. They could be one in four. I could be a happier one in four. It's the way in which these four games have gone. These losses that is really upsetting. And we saw a flash of it on the bulls game. Even if they lost that bulls game, I think I still would have been overall pretty happy with the performance and uh, just a quick shout out too to Bobby Portis. Crazy. Great ass. job, man. What a, what a great game. Crazy and ass 2. I, <laughs> keep it going, man. I, I, I kind of, I, I talked to you up a little bit in the preseason. I was feeling good about you and anything you can do to keep Taj Gibson on the bench will really, <laughs> really make me happy. Okay. Marcus, man, I'm like sweating after that. Whew. Speaking of heat, that was a lot. I got something for you. <laughs> Speaking of heat, what what do you got? What do you got? This coming Sunday. Okay. The spicy chicken sandwich at Popeyes is back. Yeah, that's what I hear. And I need Still you to go. I need you to go take have a bite, have a taste. I might have to go take a drive and report back because I'm going to be picking up at least two or three on Sunday. And you've had it, right? We t- we talked about this. I You've talked about it. it for about 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, I Maybe, okay, Sunday. Yeah. Sunday it's back. I wonder if I should wait till maybe Monday. Is, is the hype going to be too too real on Sunday? Well, that's, uh, it's they, a, you gotta they're doing do that on Sunday. To throw it. Local Popeyes and see, what yeah. the, <laughs> see how it looks. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, uh, they're doing it on Sunday to throw some shade at Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Okay. So we got we got that happening on Sunday. That's something to look forward to. I'm pretty um, excited about it. Is uh you know before we close out, we like to to talk. Uh, is there anything else on your mind? Uh, Just chicken sandwiches. I mean, chicken sandwiches. That's a that's about. Oh, speaking of food. So I was in Austin. 
Oh yeah, the Austin trip. And oh, I remember you wanted to give a. I had some of the best barbecue that I've ever had. So I had this Lyft driver that was telling me everywhere he's like, "Oh, you want to do a good, uh, a good day in Texas?" So no, you did it right. You got to do barbecue, bullets, and beer. I was like, "Okay, I like that little triple B." And what's the bullets? Go shoot a gun. Go shoot a gun, I thought so. Oh, wow. I went to the shooting range, yeah. Never never done it before. Okay. How was that? Uh, it's hard. It's not as easy as you think to yeah. shoot a gun. But did that, hit hit a few targets, and okay. then went and got some barbecue at... Uh, everyone says Franklin's is the place to go down there, but the, the lift driver was like, nah, you don't want to do Franklin's. That's what everyone does. Go to Terry Black's. Okay. So I went to Terry Black's. Texas barbecue, you know, is more about the rub. Yeah. And I go in and the guy, so he's like, if you go to there, you got to get the brisket. Me, I'm a rib guy. But I got the brisket too. And then when they were cutting it up, the guy drips like this, the fat juice all over it. The unbelievable flavor. (laughs) I literally, I took a bite of those ribs. First bite, I stopped and I said, I put it down and I said, oh, whoa, whoa. (laughs) This is the real deal. I had to, I just stop and look around and be like, did I really just taste that? I was loving it. So we had the ribs. Had about a half pound of ribs, half pound of uh, brisket. Some mac and cheese. Damn. Mac and cheese was good, man. Like this, some green beans for uh, uh, some veggies in there. The way you're talking about it, this sounds like the best barbecue you've ever had. I think it might be. I, like, I love fat yeah. mats. I love to talk about fat mats. But something about the rub on this stuff was yeah. so good. It had the good mix of spicy and sweet. In there, I didn't even really need the sauce. I put, I dipped a couple of pieces in there, but man, oh man, oh man! If you go down to Austin, Texas, that's where you got to go to get some barbecue. Waited in the line a little bit, but it was worth it. Okay. Don't don't know. mess with gonna, Franklin's. I'm, Everyone says Franklin's is the place to go. This is it. I'm gonna mark that down. So that's my food review for the week. Love it. And then go to Popeyes on Sunday. Man, I wish I had a. Uh... I wish I had a food, uh, food review to, to match that, but I I do not. You cooking anything? Uh, the wife did make homemade pasta and and uh, and fresh meatballs. Ooh. And I got to tell you, it was unbelievable. What's the meatball mix? Uh, she went all beef. Ooh. Yeah, I was I was like, oh, you want to do a mix? No, all beef. I was like, okay, you know, I I, I made a little face. <laughs> And uh, and then when it was ready, I mean, I don't have ho- homemade pasta too often, but what a difference. Like, and those meatballs might be the best meatballs I've ever had. I, And that might just speak more to me not having enough meatballs out in the world. But Limited meatball experience. Damn. Those meatballs were... Whew, Soft, tender? They were beautiful. Everything soft, tender, juicy, meaty. In the marinara sauce. Uh, in the oh yeah, you gotta slow cook them. Come on. Yeah, uh, I mean, you pan, you get them on the pan, get them a little, little crisp on there, get them nice and ready, and then you you let them simmer in the sauce. Yeah. Um, oof, just it was a treat. That leftovers. Uh, we had them all. Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't. They didn't last very long. Uh, well, meatballs and beef. I mean, yeah. What, what what else can we say? <sighs> I might man. check out a flick, but yeah, we can talk about that next week. 
Yeah, I've been I've been light on the flicks. I still haven't seen the Joker. I mean, I'm um, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for December. I need I need the holiday movies to start coming in. Well, you got uh, the Irishman comes out this week. Oh, okay, that's the big one. That's it comes out I this week. See. Okay, so I'll probably go see in that. theaters, and then it comes out on Netflix on the 27th. Okay, great. I could see yeah, this weather. You could hear the leaf blowers in the background. People, the neighborhoods going nuts. They're ready for trick or treaters. Ah, uh, all right. Wish you a happy Halloween, Marcus. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the candy. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on Let's Talk Knicks.